in music, but also in message, Pastor. Thank you so much. Turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 6 this morning. Isaiah chapter 6. Now, I am in a little dilemma, and I want to let you know I, I realize this, that it's already kind of late in the, in the service, uh, but I know that's a lot because of our fault. We did a lot of the singing. But, uh, but I do have a thought on my mind and my heart, and it usually takes me two messages to get it all out. But I'm going to try my best. <laughs> Y'all starting to sweat now, ain't you? <laughs> Isaiah chapter 6, if you got your Bibles open, would you mind standing with us and stretch your legs there for just a little bit, reverence the Word of God. I'd like to read down to verse 8. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 6, it says in verse 1, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another, saying, and one cried unto another, said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the, vo- and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king. I want you to remember that phrase, mine eyes have seen the king. The Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, and having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the the tongues from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Let's pray. Lord, I do thank you so much for the opportunity to preach. Thank you for Pastor Pope. Lord, that's allowed us to come. Father, in this church, Lord, that been such a... Uh, a great minister uh, minister to us this morning, Lord, and the spirit that they have. Lord, I pray that you continue to bless the church indeed and large its coast. Continue to direct it with your hand and keep it from evil, Lord. And I pray that you'd help it to continue to be a blessing to your people all over the cro- uh, this country. We ask it in your precious name, the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Again, I want you to bring your attention to that thought or that verse where it says, for mine eyes have seen the king. Like the title of the message this morning, I've come to see the king. I've come to see the king. And the reason why I use that as a title, because I want people to understand it's not coming to see us. It's not coming to see you. It's not coming necessarily to see one another. But it's the coming to see the king the Lord of hosts, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope that's what you've come to see. Because you know what? If you don't see, I will say this, and I know Pastor will agree with this. If you don't see Jesus these next few days, you won't be helped. But if you if you see Jesus, you will be helped. And that word help reminds me of something I want to say to you. Most people don't realize they need help. 
uh, we live living, as the pastor said, living in the last days, and that last days consists of people being having that uh, Laodicean attitude where they feel like they're rich. I just read it in my scripture to make sure I'm saying the words right, they, that they said that they were rich and they were increased in goods and they have need of nothing. That's what they said. And uh, we felt, I find that as we travel, brother, it seems like uh, that's the attitude of sometimes even God's people. They say that they have need of nothing. I know it's the, I know it's the attitude of most Americans because we are increased in goods. And I, I thank God for the prosperity he's blessed us with. But my friend, there's a great, there's a great danger in that where we feel like we don't need God anymore. Let me say to you this morning, if you feel like if you don't feel like you need anything, you're the one that needs God the most. You need God the most. And I, I certainly, I will say and I'll confess with both hands up, Lord, I need you. I need you every hour. But you know what? <laughs> I have found out if you come to God realizing that with a contrite heart, boy, you can get some help. You can get some help from God. But Isaiah got to that point in his life because he saw the king. I don't know that he really realized his need for the Lord until Uzziah died. You know, sometimes uh, different situations in our life will cause us to get our eyes on the Lord. Sometimes sometimes it can be because we ask the Lord. We, need, we want to see him. You can ask the Lord, well, that's what, uh, that's what um, Moses says. says in, the Bible says there in uh, Exodus, he says, and he said, I beseech thee, shew me thy glory. Moses wanted to see the Lord. But you know, most people don't want to see the Lord. But Moses was a man that was close to the Lord. And he says, I want to, I want to see your glory. But then I say there's another way you can come to the Lord or realize that you need him. The Bible says, and James says, and I love this verse, especially around uh, revival times, it says, draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Can I just clear something up? Before, uh, you know, a lot of times I, I have felt the burden, you know, uh, boy, if these po folks don't get uh, uh, revived this week, it's going to be my fault. But you know what? From that verse right there, really it's nobody's fault but our own if we don't get revived. God says, come to me, draw nigh unto me, and I will draw nigh unto you. So, brother, if we don't get revived, we just have to point our fingers That's toward right. ourselves. Yeah. It's our own fault. God has, has given us the opportunity, the open door to come unto him. So I say there's a, a couple ways you can come close to the Lord, see the Lord by asking by your own accord. But then there's another way, by affliction. You know, it seems like as we travel the country, our churches most of the time have people that's been through affliction. But you know what? You, you should be thankful for that affliction. Let me read you a few couple verses that David, what David said about affliction. He says in Psalms 119 verse 67, it says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept thy word. Afflictions a lot of times gets us in line, doesn't it? And then here's another one. It says, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, David said, that I might learn thy statutes. You know, a lot of times somebody here this morning may be here because you're going through some kind of affliction. But let me say to you, thank God for those afflictions. If it has brought you to God, 
you can be thankful for it. I, somebody said that Charles, per, Charles Spurgeon said that I've learned, this is what he said, I've learned to kiss the waves that crashed me against the rock of ages. You know what? He had, been, he had learned to be thankful for his afflictions. To be a thankful for it, and I, I will confess that the the few afflictions, and I think I don't ask for them, <laughs> Amen. but the the few that God's put in my pathway has brought me closer to Him. But you know what? You don't have to wait till those afflictions come. As I've already said, you can go ahead and start drawing, and I'd much rather just do it on my own accord. <laughs> I'm coming, Lord. Don't start whipping me yet. Amen. I'm coming towards you, Lord. But Isaiah, I believe that's maybe one reason why he saw the king is because of the afflictions, because he saw that Uzziah, that great king, had died. And uh, there's several different causes, but let me, let me bring you to your attention, your attention to another thought in this, in this passage. Let's read on as we read through verse 1. It says, and as he saw the Lord, he says, and actually in verse 1, he said, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. Let me say, not only is there a cause for you to want to see the Lord, but when you see him, you'll see his character you'll start seeing what he's all about. And let me say, first of all, what you'll see about the Lord as Isaiah saw, he saw how awesome he was. <laughs> he saw his train fill the temple. He said, I saw him high and lifted up. You know, most of the time when we pray, we don't think of the Lord that way. But he is high and he is lifted up. I say to you, church, we serve an awesome God. <laughs> We serve the only one in living and true God, don't we? Amen. He can be nothing but awesome. And let me say this. That's the thought I got here. God can only be good. The Bible says that for God is good. And God, the only thing, whatever comes in your life, it's good. Because God can be nothing. You see, he's not, he don't do good things because he's good. He's good. I'm or he, He's not good because he does good things. But he does good things because he's good. Amen. That's his character. He is awesome this morning. And then let me say, Hurley, I'm trying to get through this here, uh, get to the main thought here, but also that he is holy. He saw that he is holy. Look with me in verse uh, 3. It says, And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Well, that's something you don't hear preach very much here lately, do you? These days we're living in, we don't want to think about how holy God is, God is because the Bible says, be ye holy, for I am holy. And the Bible says here, it says that the seraphims are, I believe they're flying, they're flapping their wings, and they're saying uh, on each side, they're saying holy. And it's almost like they're echoing each, one, each other. And one will say holy on this side of the throne and the other one will say holy. And notice that it says it three times. I think that's for the Trinity. Holy Father, Holy Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to say to you this morning, He is a holy God. 
He's not only an awesome God, but He is holy. And you know, sometimes I have found out it's good to just look up words that you think you know the word, uh, the meaning of. I looked up that word holy, and I want to give it to you, and, and I hope it'll speak, it'll speak to your heart. The word holy means exalted or worthy of complete, listen to this church, exalted or worthy of complete devotion as one perfect in goodness and righteousness. Did you catch that? He's worthy of complete devotion. I thought I knew what the word holy meant. But I, Webster, I found out he's a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> he's worthy of complete devotion. Boy, if you get a hold of that, that'll revive your heart. Realizing that he don't deserve a half-hearted service, my friend. We should serve the Lord with all of our heart, our soul, our might, our strength. Not only do we see the cause and the character, but let me say to you, when you see, you know if, if you've seen God or seen the Lord, the King, you know how you know if you've seen Him, there's going to be a change. It's going to change you. You can't, you can, you notice when everybody that Jesus got around when he was on earth, he changed. He changed their life. I say, I want to see him. I want to see the king because if I see him, it's going to change me. We see a change that it made in Isaiah. Notice that it made his perspective change about himself. Notice what he says in verse 5. He says, then said I, Isaiah says, then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people with un of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of, ho of hosts. Can I give you what I think is the number one ingredient, if you only use that word, or step, maybe that's a better word, for revival? This is just my opinion now, but I believe I could back it up with the word of God. Humbling ourselves is the first step. You got to humble. You see that throughout Scripture. When people got revived, the first thing that happened with, with Josiah, brother, the king Josiah, he humbled himself. Same thing happens with, with Isaiah, and I believe this was a revival in his life, of course, amen, because he said, Here am I, Lord, send me. But the first thing that happened to him is he got humble. It humbled. Did you know what? Aren't you glad God didn't say to humble yourself or, or let me humble you? Yes. He, he said humble yourself before the Lord. He didn't say let me humble you, but you know what? He can. And he can do a good job because <laughs> he's done it to me a few times, a bunch of times. But I'd just rather just go ahead and make that first step to revival and just humble myself. And realize I am as Isaiah and I have to say, brother, I have to say to the whole church here, woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. Listen, let me just tell you this. Anything that comes out of me or comes out of my family worth anything, it's God working through me. Amen. I'm, I'm wretched and undone without Jesus Christ. And guess what? I hate to tell you this, but you're the same situation I am. You're in the same shape as I am. You'll realize, you'll get a new perspective of yourself. You'll humble yourself. But then also you'll get a new perspective of others. And I'm, I'm about to end this message here. I'm about to get done here. Just a few, 
four or five more points. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but I, I see here a uh, new perspective about others. Notice what he says. He says, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Not only will you see that you're in need, you'll see that people around you are in need. And I say to you, church, don't ever feel like you don't need God. I, I saw that beautiful building you're building up out there, and I've seen it so many times when our church will go from a small, I'm just meddling just a little bit. Uh, y'all excuse me. When they go from a little place like this, and I don't think it's really little myself, but uh, go to a place like that, they don't seem like they, seem like they need God as much. Don't ever get over the fact that you need God. No matter how big you get, you always need God. Matter of fact, I believe that's what that verse is talking about there in, in, in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. If you think you've got everything you need, you don't need God anymore, that's evil. Amen. You, you, you're dwelling among evil things. Amen. But just realize and, and realize every day how much you need God. The older I get, brother, I'm getting old. <laughs> the older I get, bro, this brother's known me for a long time. Brother, the longer, longer I live, the more I realize how much I need God. Amen. And, but I'm thankful for that because I found out the more that I realize that, the more he helps me. <laughs> That's the good part about it. Amen. All right. Now, also a new perspective of others. But listen, praise God, when you come to that place of humility, in your life, God will do some cleansing. God will do some cleansing. Notice what Isaiah says in verse 6. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy iniquity, oh, I like this, is taken away. <laughs> <laughs> and thy sin is purged. Amen. Boy, don't it feel good to be forgiven? Hey, you need, you need purging. Let me say to you, child of God, you need purging for service. But there may be somebody here that needs purging for salvation. God can cleanse you. He can, as we sung a while ago, He can wash away all your sins. He's already paid the the price to save you and to cleanse you of all of your sins. Amen. There is a cleansing for salvation, but we, need, we still need that cleansing for service, brother. We need God to cleanse us. And that Bible says if we confess our uh, sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. I thank God for that cleansing, that daily cleansing that we get from God. Amen. There is a cleansing for salvation and for service. But then lastly this morning, I told you I'd try to be quick. God has brought us to this verse 8. I see here a challenge. A challenge. Verse 8 says, Isaiah speaking here, he says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And whom, and who will go for, notice it says, for me. He don't say that. He says for us. Amen. You know what I believe he says that for? Because there's that trinity again. Who will go for us? 
Knowing after all that God has done for you, child of God, the Father is saying who will go for us. The Son is saying who for, will go for us. And the Holy Spirit is saying who will go for us. I tell you what, you, get, you realize all three of them is asking you, you'll have to say what Isaiah said, here am I. Here am I, Lord, send me. Amen. And you know what? He makes that call to all of us this morning. Who will go for us? God is saying to you, who, who, who really wants revival this week? Who is seeking after the Lord? Who will seek after me? I believe God is saying to us this morning. Do you want to see the king? He's available. You can see him. You can see him through, as I mentioned, affliction. You can see him through your own accord. That's why I want to see him. Or you can, and I want to see him by asking, but we can draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto us. Amen. How about you? The Holy Spirit is saying, come, draw nigh. The Holy Father is saying, come, draw nigh. And the blessed Holy Son is saying, Will you come? Will you come? Will you go for us? Will you serve the Lord with all of your heart, with your soul, and your might? How about it, church? Do you want revival? Maybe there's somebody here this morning that, as Pastor said, is not saved. You don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, my friend. God is reaching out to you. And I, I, Lord gave me this thought a while back. You know, uh, the Bible says that God loveth the whole world. He loves the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I believe with all my heart that God's love has been extended to every man and woman and child and child in, in the, that's ever existed or ever will exist. I believe his love, I don't believe that stuff where he picked out certain people, amen. His love has been extended to all mankind. He, he's reaching out that hand, extending it to you. Until you've accepted him, you'll never get the benefits of that love. But it's extended to you. Amen. He wants to embrace you this morning if you're not saved. And guess what, child of God? He wants to get closer to you too. As I've already said several times, draw nigh unto him and he will draw nigh unto you. Let's stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning. Pastor, you want, did you want us to do a song? Or you want to, you got us? Okay, we could do a song well, you just go ahead, sister, since you're there. You go ahead and do one there. That's all right, Pastor. All right. I'll just turn it over to you, Pastor. Amen. Well, let's bow our heads this morning and heads bowed, eyes are closed. And just so I know how to pray this morning, I wonder, and there's a large crowd here today. I'm not going to embarrass you. I, I, I wouldn't do that. But I'll tell you what I would like to do. I'd like to know how to pray correctly. So I wonder how many may be here today and you'd say, Preacher, uh, if I died today, if something were to happen, a heart attack, stroke, car accident, God forbid, but, but let's just say that something did happen like that. You say, Preacher, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that I'm going to heaven. If you can honestly say that, would you just slip your hand up? Just slip it up, and then you can take it right back down again. Thank you so much. Appreciate all those hands. But I wonder if there may be one here this morning 
who would say, Preacher, if I died today, I'm going to be honest, I'm really not sure that I would go to heaven. And I want you to remember me. I want you to pray for me. Pastor, I want to, I want to be there. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't want to go to hell. I want to be in heaven, but I'm just not sure about heaven. And I want you to pray for me. And uh, you'd say, Pastor, pray for me. You'd slip your hand up right now. Is there one anywhere like that right now? You'd slip up your hand. Just raise it real high so I don't miss you. You'd say, Preacher, pray for me. Pray for me. Well, the best I can tell at least, and I, there, there's, it'd be very easy for me to miss somebody, but the best I can tell, I didn't see any hand that was lifted. And so this is my next question. How close are you to the Lord? That's what he was preaching about. Draw near to me. How close are you to God today? How much do you want revival? Do you even sense that we need revival? I think probably that's the burden of my heart right there. Do we even sense that we need it? And you know what, Calvary, whether we know it or not, we do need it. We need it. Yes, old preacher, we, we've got a good crowd here today. You know what? There's a difference in having a crowd and having revival. Big difference. We can draw a crowd any day of the week. But we don't need a crowd necessarily. We want a crowd, don't get me wrong. But more than a crowd, we need God's touch. And so maybe this morning God spoke to your heart and we're going to give you an opportunity to come. Maybe you're here, you say, Pastor, I've been saved, but I've not been baptized. I need to take that first step of obedience and make myself a candidate for baptism. Or maybe you're here this morning and you say, Preacher, not the member of a good Bible-believing church, and we're feeling that maybe God would, would lead us to Calvary, then you come, whatever it might be. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm saved. I raised my hand about that, but I'm going to be honest. I need so bad to rededicate my life to Christ. I'm not where I need to be. I know I'm not. I'm, I'm not near him like Brother Rochester preached this morning, and I need to be. I need to be. Then why don't you come today? And so, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time we've had together. And God, thank you for these that have already made their way to the altar. And God, I pray right now that you do a supernatural work and God, I, 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 I want to pray, show us we need revival, but at the same time, I, Lord, I want to ask that, that you couple that with mercy because you could really show us if you wanted to. God, we do need revival. Lord, I need a fresh touch. I don't know any about anybody else, but I need a fresh touch this morning. God, I pray that you'll deal with hearts. Maybe there are folks that need to come. Maybe folks need to rededicate. Maybe there's somebody here this morning that needs to be saved. God, whatever it might be, maybe there's someone here this morning that just needs to get right with God. I don't know how else to put it. They just need to get right with God. And today they'd make their way to this altar and deal with him. Father, have thy way, please, and we thank you in Jesus' name. We're going to keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed just for a few moments. And while the, while the pianist plays, if you need to come, if, if God's dealing with your heart, why don't you come right now? I'm going to make my way to the main floor. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? How bad do you want revival? Calvary, how bad do you want revival? You want it bad enough to slip out to the altar and just say, God, send us revival. You want it that bad?
How bad do you want it today? How bad do you want revival? That's right. That's right. Man, how bad do you want to be close to Jesus this morning? Would you come? Folks are coming. Would you come this morning? That's right. revival at Calvary. We're going to pause for just a moment. People are coming. If you need prayer this morning, maybe there's a burden in your life or maybe there's something going on and you just need somebody to pray with you today, listen, you come. We'll meet you down here pray with you. Would you come? Come.